You're listening to the Firefighter Success Podcast. Join us as we learn from successful firefighters and fire service leaders on how to achieve excellence. When lives depend on us, success is our only option. Well, Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to 2023. Again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Firefighter Success Podcast week after week, and I will be your host, and I'm also the author of Firefighter Success, Jim Moss. And if you don't mind, please leave a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast and make sure you share your favorite episodes with your friends. And there were several of you who took advantage of the bulk order discounts for the Firefighter Success book over the holiday season. And so if you personally want a free quote for your bulk book order, go to firefightersuccessbook.com and click on the contact us button. Now, Chief Arjuna George is our guest today, and it's sure to be an incredibly beneficial conversation to everyone listening. Arjuna George is the author of Burnt Around the Edges, a guide to mastering stress and surviving burnout. He retired in 2021 as the fire chief for Salt Spring Island Fire Rescue after 24 years of service. Arjuna George is a trauma-informed resilience coach and TRE provider specializing in performance coaching for burnout prevention and recovery for fire chiefs and fire leaders. He is a family man entrepreneur, and author with a passion for helping others lead healthier and happier lives. Learn more at his website, burntaroundtheedges.com. Chief, welcome to the Firefighter Success Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to diving into your book. Read it. It's great and so much valuable information for not only those who have been in the fire service for a while, but those starting the fire service, what to look out for. And uh, I don't want to give too much of it away, but we'll uh, dedicate our time talking about it. But before we dive into your new book, uh, let's talk about what success means to you. That's the question I like to ask every guest that comes on my show. Um, And you've had a long, successful career, retired in 2021. So what would you say your definition of success is for firefighters? And how do we go about achieving it? So uh, I'm a big fan of light design, uh, where success is basically produced by setting your goals and achieving them through what you want uh, in life. Uh, plenty of times through my career, I was setting up my my future without even consciously knowing that I was setting up my future. Uh, and I think that's kind of interesting to, to think about success is that everyone has their own their own definition of success. Uh, for me, it's definitely being content in where you are in your in your life. Mm, yeah, uh, it's about happiness. I think there's a lot of times that um, we go through our careers being disgruntled, being unsatisfied with where we are. And I think if you are successful in life and you feel that you've accomplished what you want, you will have um, happiness and joy throughout your life. Mm. And I also think a, a sense of accomplishment. Uh, I think success is not just about money and fame. It is about feeling accomplished in what you are put on this earth to do. Um, I think that those would be my definitions of what success is. And I also think success grows over time. I honestly think success uh, today might be different from success that I see in five years from now. Right. Yeah. I love that. Our definition can change as we go along. Uh, I'm sure my definition is different now 
than when it was 15 years ago when I started in the fire service. Uh, but a couple of things I, I just want to circle back on that I love that you said is, is setting goals and following through. So it's great to set goals and, and anybody can set goals. That's the first step, right? But actually following through, taking action. That's something we talk about a lot on the Firefighter Success Podcast. Um, and the other thing I really wanted to hammer on uh, was that you mentioned to be content where you are presently. You know, don't keep striving, don't keep on going, uh, trying to go to the next level, but enjoy where you are currently, right? Um, and and if you didn't get that promotion this time, or, um, you know, you're looking at somebody else, you know, uh, we always say that comparison is the thief of joy, right? Don't always uh, compare yourselves to others and maybe their success. You know, you are where you are at for a reason. And if you didn't get that quote unquote promotion this time, you know, be content, be happy where you are right now, because I'm sure there is more uh, that we need to learn in our present position before we go to the next position. Would you agree with that? I would agree 100 percent. I think uh, I, myself included, and I'm sure loads of other firefighters across North America uh, they are always striving for the end goal. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, I missed a lot of the journey, uh, to get to that end goal. And I wish I was looking back on it. I wish I was more content and present in the moment, enjoying what was happening in my life versus always striving for that next thing. And, and don't get me wrong. I think striving for excellence is, is critical. Uh, but we also need to enjoy the ride and right. be content with where we are right now. And that's life right there. And we'll talk about this more, I'm sure, but balance. I mean, just uh, enjoying where you are right now, but also looking to the future and pushing yourself. And you and I are cut from the same cloth in that, you know, we're all in kind of guys. And and maybe in some things uh, we went a little bit too far in, you know, and uh, invested ourselves a little bit too much in certain things which I'm sure we can talk about more, uh, but uh, it's really all about finding uh, that balance in life. And I think that's one of the elements that helps us achieve success or the, I should say, the right kind of success uh, from my perspective. So let's uh, dive into your book. Can't wait to talk about it again. It's called Burnt Around the Edges, which is obviously a perfect name for a book written by someone who has been in the fire service for so long. Uh, so let everybody know what this book is all about and why you wrote it. Uh, well, the, I'll start off with a name. So Burnt Around the Edges um, is really back in 2020 when I kind of hit my wall of, of burnout, organizational burnout. I felt like I was burnt around the edges. Mm. I felt like I still had a huge fire inside of me, my gut, uh, my soul, my heart. It was not extinguished completely, but I felt burnt around the edges. And since day one of thinking about writing this book, that has been the title and it hasn't uh, varied at all. Mm. So it was kind of nice to know that, you know, from day one, this book kind of had its, its own shape and flavor to it. Uh, the book covers essentially my journey through my life leading up to the career of the fire service. Uh, throughout what I talk about areas that added to my overall stress plate. Uh, I describe my journey through burnout, uh, finishing with lots of actionable resources and tools to recover from organizational burnout. Uh, I really put it all out there, honestly. Uh, nothing was kept a secret. Uh, I was definitely, I want to share everything that I learned and I wasn't holding anything back. 
Yeah, as I was reading it, that is definitely one of the things I really appreciated about uh, how you wrote the book is that you did not hold back. And I'm sure you did that. You And you were so vulnerable and so truthful because other people, I'm sure in their present situations are feeling the same things in the same ways that you did. Um, and by being so real and honest, uh, it helps them buy into what you're writing about and also buy into the solutions that you present throughout the book. Um, was it hard to be so real, vulnerable, raw and truthful while you were writing it? Or was it more of a, a cathartic experience that helped you kind of release more? Well, the book was definitely intended to be my own therapy. It was intended to be a way for me to unload dump everything that was in my mind uh, and kind of, you know, almost paint a picture of why I was burnt out. Cause really when you're in a burnt out stage, mm -hmm. you really don't, you can't put all the pieces of the puzzle together. You're kind of in a, a mental fog. And with me being able to put all that down into my journal allowed me to go, okay, that makes sense. That's why I'm burnt out. That makes, you know, and, and kind of reinforced it and mm. gave me some, um, confirmation that I was in, in fact, burnt out and, uh, it just kind of was a therapy for myself. Mm, yeah. I love that. It was a therapy for you. And, and I'm sure others who are going to be reading it, they will be able to identify with what you went through. And then that's what we're going to talk about with chapter one, you name it trial by fire. So this really is an essential chapter because it, it helps the reader understand your mental uh, wellness background. So take us through your your journey and specifically the physical and the emotional things that you went through. Yeah, well, once again, kind of looking back and dumping out all my my thoughts and history on, into a journal, I was very surprised how many uh, traumatic events or large life stressors that I actually I actually went through in my life. Uh, it was actually a kind of an interesting process to go through and actually write down all your major life stresses that you've had in your life. And once you see that on paper, it's, it's kind of humbling to say, okay, that's just, this is, you know, once again, it gives you some confirmation of how you're feeling, what you're feeling in your body. So I really felt that that was an integral part of writing this book was actually finding out what happened in my life instead of, um, you know, just going from memory, I, I kind of really dug into it. And for me, there was a number of things that, that stood out for me. Um, very early on in my years, one of my best friends was uh, killed and by accident. And that really was my first traumatic uh, experience. And, and looking back on it, uh, I really had no tools, no support to really kind of work through that uh, in a good fashion. So that was kind of the start of it. Um, but going through my whole career in the fire service, I was one of the youngest uh, firefighters to ever be employed at uh, at our organization. I was one of the youngest uh, officers to ever be promoted in the organization. And I was definitely the youngest fire chief to ever be uh, promoted into that. So that alone was a huge stress on my plate. Even though I felt ready, I felt a huge onus uh, to be responsible for so many people at a young age in my twenties and thirties, I felt like I was, I, I had the whole organization on my shoulder and that's a lot of weight to put on, on one person's uh, plate. Yeah. Uh, I had my mom pass away. Uh, my mom passed away uh, a decade ago, but it's still very fresh in my mind. And 
it was 23 days. Uh, we found out she had cancer and 23 days later, she had passed away. Mm, too soon. Then dealing with my father, uh, who was uh, in his 80s, dealing with World War II PTSD, in and out of the hospital, broken hip. So on top of being a young, new fire chief, I was also dealing with a lot of uh, family stress as well. My mom passed away, my dad. And then COVID-19 obviously hit, and that was a huge stress on everyone's plate. Uh, it was definitely a factor in my burnout, but it was my, my burnout had been kind of brewing and, and stewing for uh, a good 10 years, easy. So COVID just kind of was the cream on the, the top and just kind of allowed me to really, I guess you could say, uh, second guess where I was in my life. Uh, gave me an opportunity to really have some good introspection and, mm. and is this where I'm supposed to be in my life right now? Uh, well, a lot of things that came together, uh, unfortunately, and, and had a cumulative effect, shall we say, uh, on your stress levels. And uh, I'm sure when they all come and they all load up, especially in 2020, uh, that is not the ideal time. And I guess more so the the tipping point for you um, with your stress. And, and one of the things you talk about also in chapter one that I want to hit on is, is sleep, um, you know, with all those different stressors and when we're uh, overwhelmed. Uh, we obviously don't sleep as well. Um, and so, and you talk a little bit about sleeping in your book. And if you don't mind, can you talk to our listeners about the importance of sleep? Uh, you know, when we're young in the fire service, we think we can survive on nothing but caffeine or energy drinks, and uh, they might temporarily get us through. Uh, but there is nothing that can replace or replicate sleep itself, which is so beneficial to our body. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, tell our listeners some of the, the uh, bad effects of sleep deprivation, but also more importantly, how we can get more effective sleep. Uh, what's been successful for you? Yeah, sleep was probably one of the first, uh, I guess, new habits that I tried to bring into my life once I found out that I was uh, up against the wall in stress. I think sleep is definitely overlooked by so many, you know, there's that grind mentality of, you know, the longer you stay at work, the the earlier you get to work uh, is, is a, a sign of good leadership. Uh, so if you're working through the night, if you're working, so not even shift work, if you're just working through the night as a fire chief, doing administration, answering emails, writing reports, uh, and that was myself. I, I, I took vacation to work on operational guidelines. Wow. Uh, I worked through the night uh, to make sure the report was ready for the next week. And that just proved to be detrimental to my health. I really think that sleep is underrated by a lot of firefighters. And we live on a on-call rotational basis, right? So it's even more of a, an important factor for us. Uh, we're constantly in emergency mode. So having those uh, opportunities to defrag is what I like to call it and have an opportunity to unwind and, and get that restorative sleep is so important. We wake up from a dead sleep um, to tones blaring in our ear uh, and within seconds we're operating a fire truck or entering a burning building and that's uh, it's a scary place to be when you're sleep deprived. And for me, what I think uh, when I'm sleep deprived, I know it affects not only my mood, you know, I'm less patient when I get home uh, for my family, for my kids, especially I'm less patient. 
Uh, but also, I, I just have this mental fog uh, that is hard to cut through. And until I get a nap that day or, or the next sleep uh, that I'm home and I get that those seven hours, hopefully, uh, and hopefully I can get eight. But uh, for me, uh, until I get that, I am just continuously in a fog. Um, but not only, uh, you know, it affects us emotionally, it affects us mentally, but it, it can affect us uh, physically as well, you know, changing our hormones and our blood pressure, it, it changes what we go to eat, our choices. So we usually choose the uh, less healthy options, shall we say, the more comfort foods, the more carbs, refined carbs and stuff like that. Um, but it really affects everything about us, uh, mind, body and soul uh, when we are sleep deprived. Uh, did you find anything in particular that helped you get back into a normal sleeping rhythm or any uh, tips that you can provide us that helped you personally? Sure. I, I think most of the coaching clients that I meet with suffer from bad sleep hygiene. Mm. Uh, they all they all have some sort of, like you just said, some sort of side effect, um, maybe weight gain, uh, maybe cancer, disease, heart issues. Uh mental fog, they all have some sort of consequence to bad sleep hygiene. So for me, that was one of the key things I wanted to make sure that um, I attended to, because I know for myself, uh, I got extra cortisol running through my body. Um, my hormones were out of whack. My testosterone was low. That was all due to low sleep and other things, but low uh, some sleep hacks that... Uh, I kind of brought into it, started to reverse some of those things. Mm. So I have a dedicated sleep time. So I know that, you know, between nine and 10, it's, it's time for me to hit the bed. Uh, I've gone to blacking it out, everything in our, our bedroom. So our bedroom turned into a bit of a sleep sanctuary. Before that, it was kind of a, a, our bedroom was slash office slash uh, kind of storage room. And we turned it into a sleep sanctuary where that was an important place for us to, that's where we reset. That's where we go and sleep and, and nothing more. So that was critical. Um, cool room. Definitely the colder the room, uh, I found it to be uh, a much better sleep for myself. Uh, I silenced all notifications. So I made sure that my phone wasn't beeping all night. Uh, any notifications on any other devices. I blacked out all our all our devices in our room, so our so our TV set or our charging stations. I actually went around with black uh, electrical tape and blacked out all those little LED lights that shine all night long. Oh, interesting, interesting. And, and that alone, it just it provides such a good sanctuary for you to actually have a restful sleep. Mm. Uh, one of the biggest things I did was start taking magnesium, uh, magnesium. And if you're not taking magnesium now, it's definitely something to look into and talk to a, a health professional. But for me, I'm, I'm now up to 600 milligrams a day and magnesium is one of those super, uh, supplements for a lot of things in your body. Um, pretty much your body depends on magnesium in so many different ways, but for sleep, it was definitely one of the key factors that allowed me to get a nice restorative sleep. Oh, good. Good. That's good to hear. And here, here's a, a question for you. TV or no TV in the bedroom? What is your stance on that? 
Uh, I would love no TV. Uh, that's still, <laughs> still an argument and still a conversation to have, but that would finish off my sleep sanctuary for sure is not having devices in the room, which is still our weakness, but at least we uh, have done a lot of other things to make it, you know, a more calming and relaxing area to be in. Good, good. Well, that's good to know that your preference is no TV. We'll, we'll yes. document that uh, accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's move on to chapter six. So it's called, what does it look like to be burnt around the edges? Uh, and specifically within chapter six, you talk about stress intelligence or stress IQ. So what is that and why is it important? Well, stress IQ, I, you know, I'm sure there's somebody else who have coined that as well. But for me, I just kind of wanted to encapsulate that into a, you know, an easy word to think about. And stress IQ to me is knowing how our bodies operate under stress good stress and bad stress. So mm -hmm. good stress, you stress, and we don't want to eliminate that. We want to make sure that we're still uh, using that uh, that response in a correct way, in a healthy way. But it's the other bad stresses, the chronic stresses that we want to uh, reduce as much as possible. So for me to be stress IQ is just to really understand like how many people, how many firefighters listening right now truly understand how stress reacts in their own bodies, how they react to stress, what they can do to calm themselves down once they are stressed. I think all that kind of encapsulates into stress IQ, just knowing your body, knowing how you react to stress. What would you say, and, and chapter 10 we'll talk about a little bit later, but what would you say were the best things initially to help you positively manage your stress? Hmm. Well, there was, there are several things. There was, I think time, unfortunately, time is definitely something that for me in the state that I was in, time was the biggest healer. I really needed time to just defrag, do nothing and just kind of be by myself. I really, and once again, that's a question I ask in coaching quite often is how, how often or how many times uh, have you just been by yourself? Just being with yourself, thinking totally alone, how many times does that happen? And, and most times people are saying it's, it rarely ever happens. So for me to go from such a high performance career, always going to just have a time to just sit there and be with myself was a huge change in my lifestyle. It allowed me to kind of process a lot of things, uh, allowed me to... Uh, you know, opened up a lot of opportunities to talk to counselors, to talk to coaches, and really kind of unwrap uh, how I got to the state that I was in. And I, I don't point any fingers at uh, who to blame for having burnout. Uh, I think the organization has a responsibility, but I obviously played a huge role in that. I, I My role of being burnt out was a major key player in it. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I put a lot of pressure on myself. I had high expectations. I had no boundaries. There was a lot of things that I was doing that was leading to my burnout. So I own that hundred percent. Mm. Also, one of the things you talk about in chapter six, and you discuss caring too much. Now, the fire service is a place where we should have compassion. We should really care about others. We should care about the job we're doing. Uh, but in your instance, why can caring too much be detrimental to our own health? 
you know, uh, it might sound a little weird to uh, say that you can care too much, but once again, I think that played a role in my burnout where I put others well-being in front of mine mm. uh, pretty much for my whole career, which is, you know, that I'm a firm believer of servant leadership and making sure you're taking care of your people, especially when you're in roles of leadership or fire chief. But I unfortunately ignored myself uh, through that whole process. And I really think that we need to be you responders. So taking care of yourself first. So in turn, you can be the best leader, the best officer, the best firefighter for others. You can be the best servant, but you it's really hard to be the best servant if you are not at your best. And you're not at your best when you don't take care of yourself. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest lessons there. Yeah, for me to thrive, I really needed to step back and and look at myself now. I think if I went back into the fire service operationally, I would be a totally different fire chief in regards to my capacity of what I can take on and what I can deliver back to people. I think I would be a, a totally different leader. Um you know, same as I was, but even better than I was, uh, just from the lessons I've learned in the last couple of years, um, you know, researching my own stress IQ and and figuring out how I react to it and my limits. Mm. And and really, we can't help others if we really can't take care of ourselves first. And, and one of the lessons I'm sure you had to learn and I've learned myself is that we can't say yes to everything. You know, we're, we're all in go-getter kind of guys, type A, and we want to help everyone. We want uh, we think uh, servant leadership is important. We want to serve others. But uh, sometimes you have to say no to the good to be able to say yes to the great uh, and perform at our highest level. Would you agree with that? Uh, totally. I think at the time, I probably ignored that advice. Uh, not knowingly. I, I honestly thought I was doing a good job of my own self-care, my own well-being, my own mental health. Mm -hmm. But looking back on it, uh, I was caring too much about others versus myself. And that comes down to different body aches and pains that I ignored over the years because, you know, oh, I got to suck it up and and keep moving on and I got work to do. And I feel that I was kind of... Um, that burnout, that process was for a reason. Um, now I have an ability to process that and share it with the world on how I went through that. And that, you know, other listeners right now that are experiencing burnout and stress know there is a way out. There is hope because uh, I think that's pretty critical to to know there is there is hope. Oh, 100%. And uh, one of the things we mentioned earlier on in our conversation was finding balance and throughout that, your book, it, this is really a common theme, finding this life balance. And I'm definitely a subscriber to this idea, and I do my best to live it out in my own life. But in your experience, in your life, how do you recommend that we go about finding this life balance and actually living it out? Yeah, it's a, it's a great point, Kurt. Uh, great question, because I think that is probably uh, one of the biggest questions or challenges that I see with people that I coach now is how to have life balance. And I, I think that's one of the key factors in the fire service as well, because the fire service can, can overwhelm and overtake your life. Quite often firefighters, uh, you know, they live and breathe fire. That's all they think about. That's all they do, which is amazing for the service, but also it is not the healthiest thing to have for your family and your other part of your life. 
So for me, I strongly believe that uh, balance is is critical, but I I, I kind of call it harmony because what I see is it's pretty impossible to have total balance in your life. To me, harmony is a better term because I think there's always going to be time that work uh, outweighs our family life or our home life or our hobbies. But then it's always going to swing the other way where, okay, now we're on vacation or we're, we're taking uh, some, some, some time with our family. And now that's taken over and now that's outweighing our work. As long as those kind of come in and out, ebb and flow, uh, I think that is harmony, aka balance. As long as we don't stay on one side for too long. As long as we don't stay in that work mindset for too long and ignore our home life, our loved ones, our families, as long as we can teeter-totter back and forth, I think that is a healthy life. That is a great point because there are times, like you said, that work is going to outweigh, just overwhelm us a little bit more and take more of our time away from our families or other things that we're doing. Um, and there's times when we say, nope, family's definitely going to come first for this instance. Uh, I think for me, it comes back to uh, making sure your priorities are in order. Uh, and I'm sure you've heard of, you know, the three or four F's of, of, of uh, firefighting, if you will. But, you know, for me, that my faith is the most important thing. And then comes my family behind that. And then firefighting and, and you know, me, I'm a fitness guy, too. So I might throw that uh, fourth F in there as well. But <laughs> yep. uh, to me, yep. it, if you have your priorities lined up, it, it does help you in a way um, find that harmony, find that balance and know what are the most important things first uh, before work, shall we say, or the fire service. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. And unfortunately, I didn't live that for a lot of my time uh, in the fire service. Work was my priority. And I was kind of embarrassed, I guess you could say, um, regretful that I kind of abused that and work was my priority. But now I'm so much wiser that that is not work is not priority. Uh, there's lots of other things that are priority in life, such as your own health, your own well-being and your family, your faith, your fitness. Uh, work is not your only thing. And us as firefighters, we often think of ourselves strictly as firefighters and nothing more. But really, we're a husband, we're a wife, we're a, a father, we're a son, mm -hmm. we're all these different things in life. We're not just a firefighter. Well, that is so true. And uh, as we wrap up our conversation, I definitely want to talk about chapter 10, which is, is a great chapter. It's one of the longer chapters in the book, but for good reason. As we mentioned before, um, uh, we are big on taking action. We are big on following through and finding solutions here at Firefighter Success. And so chapter 10 is all about the first responders toolbox. It's in this chapter, you present several tools for, for navigating uh, your successful mental health so if you had to break down, uh, and there's way more than three, but if you had to break it down to your top three uh, in this uh, first responders toolbox for improving one's mental health and, and managing stress, what would they be and why? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. This chapter contained a lot of stuff in it. Uh, I essentially, going through my recovery, I wanted to essentially be a guinea pig and try any modality, any any practice, anything that I could get my hands on to, to see if it worked. Uh, my counselor once said, you know, I'm going to put a whole bunch of things on the table. You take what you want off the table and see if it works for you. So that's kind of the mentality I was having was I put everything up on the table, every modality technique you could possibly imagine, tried it. If I liked it, I stuck with it. If I didn't, 
so be it. And off to the next thing. Going through this, my top three, it's, it was pretty clear, but it was definitely, uh, you know, a bit of a struggle to pick three. But my top ones would definitely be TRE, which is tension trauma release exercises, um, massage and acupuncture, and finally coaching. So TRE, tension trauma release exercises, is hands down one of the one of the modalities, one of the procedures and techniques that I use that helped me essentially regulate my body again. My body was in such a hyperactive state for such a long time that my nervous system was essentially fried. Mm, wow. TRE is a is a way to to relax and re uh, reharmonize the body, brings it back into homeostasis. So what that does is essentially you go through seven exercises uh, led by a certified provider. And then through those exercises, you're essentially fatiguing your core fight or flight muscles. So your core fight or flight muscles uh, kind of essentially start at your ankles all the way up to your lower back. And when you start to fatigue these muscles, they start to shake a little bit. And then once we get to the final stage, you lie on the ground and what's called an, a neurogenic tremor is activated in your body. And what happens is our body actually naturally shakes out any stress, tension, trauma that's deep within our muscles. And this, this exercise really focuses on the psoas muscle, which is one of the hip flexors. And the psoas muscle is also known to be the storer of emotion. So trauma and tension and stress is often stored in that muscle. And that muscle is very, very hard to massage or get to because it's very deep within our body uh, in the hip flexor region. And this, this TRE allows it to, to naturally shake out. Uh, as you see, probably National Geographic and, and other wildlife shows, uh, you know, you'll see a, a tiger chasing a, a gazelle or something like that. And the gazelle will, you know, there's two outcomes. It's going to get eaten by that lion, tiger, or it's going to escape. And when they escape, uh, you'll quite often see them go into a bush or something like that, and they'll they'll shake. And that is a natural reaction to release that stress, mm. all those stress hormones, stress chemicals in our body, it releases them. And then that gazelle just gets up and walks away. I love that there's the physical release and physical response to letting go of that stress. That That's just something that is so important. And uh, the fact that uh, we've narrowed it down to specific muscles within our body that store stress um, and, and how to release that from our body. I just think that is fascinating. So thanks for sharing that. But go, please go on. Yeah, I just I, I truly believe that was one of the key factors in myself being able to reset my nervous system. Uh, so TRE was definitely one of them. I, I went to a practitioner, uh, I think after my second time, I said, Oh, that's it. I'm getting certified. So I became a provider for TRE because I feel it's such a powerful tool, especially for first responders and firefighters to be able to use two nice key add-ons that I'll just quickly say on the TRE end of it is it's a self self-care tool. So once you learn how to do it, uh, you can do it by yourself, oh, you good. can do it before you. Uh, you know, you can walk into the bathroom and and just before you do a presentation or you're about to start a stressful call or or whatever that is, you can actually do that just before shift, uh, totally on your own once you know how to do it. 
And the other nice bonus, especially for the first responders, is there's no talk therapy. So you don't have to rehash any trauma or tension or stress within your body. Mm-hmm. Your body's own intelligence will do the shaking for you. You don't have to do anything. Wow. So that's kind of the two real bonuses I see for the fire service uh, in regards to TRE. And then you also mentioned massage and acupuncture. So those, uh, I've done both of those and I will definitely agree with you, but I'll let you uh, uh, share more about those. Yeah, I I think when you say the word massage, people think about the spa and having a a nice spa treatment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm thinking more massage where our body is getting, uh, you know, a therapeutic massage and it's getting, you know, our muscles, once they get tight, uh, it causes other issues in our you know, I had very tight hamstrings and quads. Those were my key to tight muscles and they were causing back issues and other issues, posture issues. So for me, massage, uh, I tried to do it at least once a month, sometimes twice a month. And it, it helps me re-regulate. It gives me an opportunity to lie there for in silence for a good hour. Uh, it helps me with my vagus nerve regulation, because anytime you're massaging your body, you're also massaging your nervous system. And, and fascia is a, another key part that's in, within our body, which TRE and massage help with releasing tight fascia within our body that once again causes other ailments. Mm. Uh, and then acupuncture. Acupuncture for me was uh, one of the first modalities that I tried. And my very first acupuncture treatment was a PTSD kind of modality. So it was very specific to PTSD. And where the pins were placed, released bent up stress that was within my body. And my very first treatment, I sat on the on the bed for 30 minutes and it felt like I had a race car of, you know, like a Hot Wheels that was on fire going around my body mm. in a racetrack. And what I, what I learned was that was my nervous energy, my anxiety, my, my stuck stress, finally releasing and processing through my body. Uh, And that was due to acupuncture kind of initiating that, that launch, I guess you could say of, of how that was released through my body. And now I do that at least once a month. Uh, just to kind of keep on top of it and keep my body, my nervous system um, in prime condition. Wow. And then the last thing, coaching, which I'm sure is is incredibly beneficial. I'll let you describe that more. Well, for myself, coaching uh, through my career, I, I accessed it rarely. Uh, it wasn't really even available most of the time. Uh, I had to seek it out if I needed coaching. Right. But through my recovery, that was probably... Uh, when it came to talk therapy, coaching uh, overruled therapy in some regards because coaching allowed me to really see the future in a brighter light versus dwelling on the past. Mm. Coaching allowed me to see, uh, be optimistic, see the silver lining in my burnout, see the the future, the possibilities of the future. I was coached uh, plenty, plenty of times and, and coaching actually was one of the things that sparked uh, my book, Burnt Around the Edges. If it wasn't for my coach uh, back in 2020, uh, I wouldn't have been challenged to write that book and get that out there to the world. So coaching helped me professionally and so much that I actually decided to go to Royal Rhodes University 
and get my certification for executive coaching and launch my business uh, that's specific to fire chief, fire officers, uh, a coaching coaching modality that really deals with stress and becoming more resilient as a chief fire officer. And you mentioned how much coaching helped you. Do you feel that when you coach others, that's also a way for you to, uh, I should say, is that part of the healing process as well when you're, you're helping others? Oh yeah. Now, there's never a coaching conversation that I don't have that I learn something myself. Uh, so it allows me to process um, my experiences, but also hear back their experiences, which once again, kind of like journaling, it it kind of reconfirms uh, what you're feeling, what you're thinking at that time. So coaching, there's never a, there's never a coaching conversation that I don't get something out of uh, that leads me to be a better Arjuna, a better coach uh, for sure. Yeah, I think one bonus little thing that I would add in there is um, nutrition, supplements, healthy foods, and hydration. Oh, yeah. Uh, so all those were, you know, TRE, massage, acupuncture, coaching were my top three. But I couldn't have been successful with any of those without good nutrition, good supplements, healthy foods, and more than anything, hydration. As you said in the beginning, we live off coffee. <laughs> um, I did myself. Um Plenty of times uh, that was all I drank all day. And I really, I, I, most of my career, I was probably very dehydrated, which can cause a lot of stress within the body. Uh, so that on top of the other stressors they experience as first responders is just equals bad, bad. And as you say that, I'm taking a drink of water. It's a good encouragement uh, for me yes. to uh, get more water in. Uh, so last question I have for you. I've really enjoyed our time together. But last question I have for you. Uh, anytime I have a, a retired member from the fire service, I love asking this question. And it's if you had the opportunity to go back and give your rookie self advice, what would it be? That is a great question. <laughs> Uh, well, to this day, I have no regrets on anything that transpired over my career, uh, the good and the bad. Um, it all helped me, honestly, become the human I am today. So I don't have any regrets on anything that happened in my career. But saying that, uh, as we know, we can always improve. Uh, so my probably my advice that I would give my rookie self would be to flex my vulnerability Mm. and acknowledge what stress is and how it impacts my body. So essentially the stress IQ. I wish younger, when I started out, I had some ammunition about what stress IQ was, how I as a, you know, my own individual self, I, how I react to stress, my signs when I'm under stress, and then how to, how to correct those actions. Uh, so really stress IQ and some vulnerability um, would have been something I would have told my rookie self. Mm, some great advice. Great advice there. Well, Chief Arjuna George, I appreciate you coming on the Firefighter Success Podcast, sharing your story, being vulnerable, being honest, because uh, that's what we want to hear. And that's what we uh, want to identify with people being real, because uh, that helps us in our own journeys. Uh, but make sure you let our listeners know how they can connect with you and how they can purchase your book. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. The easiest way is to go to burntaroundtheedges.com. There's different ways you can get it. You can get a signed copy uh, straight from myself, uh, or there's plenty of other ways uh, online, such as Amazon, uh, Google Play, and Apple Apple Books. 
Um, yeah, it's it's been great. October 31st was the official book launch, and there's always been you know hundreds of sales already, and it's gotten the hands of everyone from Canada to Australia. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, congratulations again on your book success and on your personal success and how far you've come in your journey and the healing that you have had. Uh, and to everyone out there listening, stay fit, stay safe, and remember when lives depend on us, success is our only option. Thanks for listening to the Firefighter Success Podcast. Go to firefightersuccessbook.com to learn more about the book, Firefighter Success, 20 C's to Firefighter Excellence. At the website, you can also download the free special report, 101 Rules for Firefighter Success.